There in verse number 22, the word of the Lord says, And when Felix heard these things, having more perfect knowledge of that way, he deferred them and said, When Lysias, the chief captain, shall come down, I will know, I will know the, the uttermost of your matter. And he commanded a centurion to keep Paul and to let him have liberty, and that he should forbid none of his acquaintance to minister or come unto him. And after certain days, when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. He hoped also that money should have been given him of Paul, that he might loose him. Wherefore, he sent of him the oftener, and communed with him. But after two years, Porcius Festus came into Felix's room, and Felix, willing to show the Jews a pleasure, left Paul bound. Amen. We know the Lord will bless the reading of his divinely inspired word. I'm going to ask at this time if one of your elders, George, will come and... In our passage that we've read this evening, Paul has been incarcerated. The background to this passage is that he has been incarcerated because there have been certain men who have uh, accused him of certain things. Now, Felix in our chapter here was a Roman governor. He was a Roman governor in Judea. And Paul was put in prison, but he was given free access to speak and to preach to whoever it is that he wanted to preach to. We see that at verse number 23 it says there he commanded a centurion to keep Paul and to let him have liberty and that he should forbid none of his acquaintance to minister or come unto him now this meant that Paul was able to evangelize and especially to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and this applied especially to this man Felix who was the governor of Judea now Paul had ended up in prison because of a man named Tertullus this man Tertullus we read of him earlier on in this chapter in the verses number 5 and 6, we see there that Tertullus accused Paul of these things. He accused him of him being a pestilent fellow, a mover of sedition among the Jews throughout the world, and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes, who also hath gone about to profane the temple. Now, he was then taken by the chief captain, Lysias. The chief captain, Lysias, came, bound Paul, and took him away to be tried by the governor, Felix to see if he was guilty of these things that Tertullus was accusing Paul of. And after he has given his defense, he is taken away to see what the chief captain would say. Paul then gets the opportunity, after a few days have passed, to preach to Felix and to Drusilla, his wife. And he was able to present faith in Christ. However, we see those very sad words at the end of our text this evening. Verse number 25, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. We see those words, and here we see Felix procrastinating. Here we see Felix putting off the message of the gospel, thinking he would have a more convenient time. And that is what I would like to speak on this evening. That is our title for this evening, Felix, the man who procrastinated. And I want you to learn certain lessons about him. There was a story in history, throughout the history of the American Revolution, the Civil War that happened over there. And it said this, It is reported that Colonel Rall, 
commander of the British troops in Trenton, which was in New Jersey, was playing cards when a courier brought an urgent message stating that General George Washington was crossing the Delaware River. Raoul put the letter in his pocket and didn't bother to read it until his card game was finished. Raoul and his men, they all went to bed that night and they all went to bed with peace of mind, with ease of mind. They were drinking, they were merry, they were having a good time. What did they have to fear? What did they have to lose? But yet, then realizing the seriousness of the situation, the next morning, Raoul opened that letter. He opened that letter. Raoul awoke to see the fighting, General Washington breathing down his neck, and his men were meeting the oncoming attack, but yet it was too late for Colonel Raoul. George Washington's men had crossed the Delaware River. They had came in, they had taken the area of Trenton for his own people. And his men were killed. The rest of the rain men, they were captured and they were put into chains and incarcerated. Now later, there was a man that gave a report in the incident and they said only a few minutes delay it cost him his life. Only a few minutes delay cost him his life, his honor and his liberty and the liberty of his soldiers. Earth's history is full of wrecks and half-finished plans and unexecuted resolutions. Tomorrow is the excuse of the lazy. Tomorrow is the excuse of the lazy. That is why I want to focus so much on this man Felix. He put off salvation. He procrastinated faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we maybe will go as we will go on to see, he procrastinated until one day it was too late for him. There are certain things I would like you to learn about Felix from our verse this evening, in the verse number 25. The first thing I would like you to see is the sermon he heard. The sermon that he heard. We read in the first part of our verse, and as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. These were the three things that Paul majored on when he was speaking to Felix. The word here for reasoned in the Greek, it can be translated discoursing or preaching. Paul came to him and as he reasoned, as he preached to him, he preached these three things. Now this word for reasoning here is used five other times in the book of Acts. And each and every instance, it is all speaking of Paul. Paul preaching, Paul sharing the message of the gospel of Christ. And each of these references uh, tells us of how Paul was spreading Christ's wonderful message. We know that Paul spoke here to Felix and we spoke, he spoke to him concerning faith in Christ. We see that there at the end of verse number 24. And Felix, he heard of him concerning the faith in Christ. And this was an amazing opportunity that the apostle Paul had to share the faith in Christ with a man like Felix. This was an opportunity for him to speak of Christ to those in authority, to those who would be writing the law and making legislation on behalf of the land. I know that we would have people in government that fear the Lord, that trust in the Lord with all their heart and lean not onto their own understanding, but acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ in all their ways, trusting in his word to guide them, to lead them in their paths. So what was this sermon that Felix heard? What was the sermon that Felix would have listened to from the Apostle Paul? Now, while we don't have a full manuscript we can know what Paul majored on, as it is written here in these three words. He reasoned of him righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. So what could Paul have been saying to Felix? Well, of righteousness, the Apostle Paul would have spoke 
of the Old Testament and how throughout the Old Testament there are many scriptures that point to righteousness. Proverbs 16 and verse 12, it tells us there is an abomination to kings to commit wickedness for the throne is established by righteousness. It could have been that Paul reasoned with Felix that the throne that he was sitting on was to be established not by wickedness, not by the sinfulness of man's heart, but by righteousness. Paul was seeking to do the same thing that Daniel did in Daniel in the chapter, 20, in the chapter 4 and verse 27, where it says there, Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee, and break off thy sins by righteousness. Paul would have urged Felix to turn from his sin, to turn from his sin and turn to the one who he could trust to forgive him of his sin, the one who had a perfect righteousness. Now we know that the Apostle Paul, he majored on this doctrine of righteousness. He majored on it throughout many of his other epistles. And especially in the book of Romans, we read there in Romans chapter 5 and the verse 18, Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men the condemnation, even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. There's a lot contained within that verse, but here Paul is teaching that doctrine of righteousness in Christ and how we can attain justification, how we can appropriate justification. Paul is teaching of Adam's disobedience in the Garden of Eden, which led the world to fall into sin. And it brought condemnation upon all men. But yet, through the perfect obedience of Christ, through Christ's perfect righteousness, we can be free of that sin. Paul would have spoke of the righteousness of Christ to Felix. And it is only through that imputed righteousness, that righteousness that is given to us, that we can indeed be saved. Now, Paul would have spoke of an alien righteousness. That is not something that we think of what is normal we speak of an alien righteousness for that which is foreign that which is not our own it is the righteousness of another and we need the righteousness of Christ if we want salvation this evening if we want to trust in Christ and if we want to come to him in faith and repentance we need Christ's righteousness and Christ imputes that righteousness to us he puts it on our account when we come to him in faith and repentance I ask you, will you accept this righteousness that Christ has purchased for you at Calvary? Will you accept the righteousness of Christ this evening and trust in him to be Lord and Savior of your life? Now, we go on to see that he spoke of temperance. Now, the word temperance here, it is not to be sober or to be restraining yourself from not taking alcohol. It is used in a more broad sense here. It is used in a very broad sense to restrain yourself from all evil passions or all evil inclinations. It is a more general term that the Apostle Paul uses here. Now, Paul mentioned temperance in Galatians 5 and verse 23. They're among the fruit of the Spirit, temperance being one of them. So I ask the question to you this morning, are you restraining your members from sin? Are you making a conscious effort to ensure that you're not following after the lust of the flesh? I ask myself the same question. All too often it is easy to be tempted by the devil. The devil walks about like that roaring lion. He tempts us with sin day and daily. He attacks the Christian. He attacks the non-Christian also. But are we tempering our bodies? Are we making that conscious effort to control ourselves? To lean on the Lord for his help in overcoming sin? We cannot overcome sin by ourselves. It is only through Christ that we have strength. Yea, I can do all things through Christ 
who strengthens me. All too often, we put the emphasis on the first part of that verse, that I can do all things. And then we leave off the last part of the verse. It's only through Christ that strengthens me. But no, our power is in the second part of that verse. It's that I can do all things through Christ. Through Christ alone. He is the one that gives us temperance, gives us control over our members. And Paul then goes on to a very solemn subject. Judgment to come. Judgment to come. The psalmist David describes that day of judgment in Psalm chapter 50 and the verses 3 and 4. Our God shall come and shall not keep silence. A fire shall devour before him and it shall be very tempestuous round about him. He shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge his people. What a fearful day that will be for many people when the judgment day of Christ comes. My friend in here this evening, just as Felix heard of judgment to come, I tell you, there is a judgment for the world. The world will be judged by the Lord Jesus Christ, the judge of all the earth. And unless you are trusting in Christ for your salvation, unless you are putting your faith in Christ alone for your salvation, on that day of judgment, you will be judged according to your own works if you are not trusting in Christ. The Bible tells us of our own works in Isaiah chapter 64 and the verse 6 that all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. The best that we can do, the best that we can give in this life to the Lord, the judge of all the earth, is nothing but filthy rags. And how will you escape if you, are not, if you are trusting in your own righteousness in that day? Will you escape? No. Hebrews 2 and the verse 3, it tells us, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? So turn from your sin. Trust in the Lord and his perfect salvation. Trust in Christ and his perfect righteousness. In each subject, the Apostle Paul here, when speaking to Felix, would have spoke of the Lord Jesus Christ. He would have majored on the Lord Jesus Christ. It is in Christ that we find our perfect righteousness. It is in Christ that we can have the power to be tempered from our sin, to control our body and our members. It is in Christ, and it is Christ, that one day will be the judge of the world, will judge the world for its iniquities. And on that day of judgment, there will be two places, either heaven or hell. I ask you tonight, where will you be? Where will you spend eternity? Will it be in heaven with God, with his glorious Son, enjoying the splendors of heaven for an eternity? Or will it be a lost eternity in the fires of hell? We see the sermon that he heard. Next, I want you to see the shock that he experienced. See with me our verse once again. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled. Those two words in the middle of the verse. Felix trembled. Felix was just listening, had just listened to what Paul had to say through the power and divine inspiration of the Holy Ghost. And the reaction that he had was one of fear was one of trembling. It is a message that has brought many to fear and tremble before. The gospel message is a message that ought to put fear in our hearts, that we are sinners condemned before a holy God. But yet there is hope in Christ that we can trust in him. That the Greek here, the Greek word here for trembling is derived from the word phobos. And it's where we get our English word phobia from, to have a fear of something. This word here denotes that it was more than just being scared or afraid. It is the fear accompanied by an outward reaction. Felix was literally shaking in his boots. 
as he heard this message, as he heard of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. Felix was not just terrified, but he trembled hearing what the apostle spoke of. This was a natural conviction that Felix had. Felix knew that he was sinful. Felix knew that he had sinned in his heart. As the Bible tells us, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Felix knew this in his own heart. He knew that he had sinned, as his throne was not established by righteousness, but it was established by wickedness. The woman that he took to marry, Drusilla, had been married multiple times. He had committed adultery on many occasions. The time of Felix was a time of gross immorality, of corruption, of crime. We see in verse 26 that he hoped that money should be given him of Paul. He wanted to bribe Paul to try and attain his way into salvation. Felix was an immoral man. But when he heard the gospel of Christ, when he heard those messages of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled. He literally shaked in his boots fearing that judgment to come. A commentator said of this verse, the gospel should make those who are intent on rejecting Jesus afraid. Let me say that again. The gospel should make those who are intent on rejecting Jesus afraid. And rightly so, my friend, if you're adamant that you will reject the Lord Jesus Christ time and time again, if you will keep on rejecting his so great salvation, we should be fearful. We should be fearful knowing that we cannot stand before the judgment seat of Christ in our own merits, in our own righteousness. We need Christ's righteousness if we are to stand before the judgment seat of God. On that day, on that day of judgment, you will not be able to say that no one ever told you that you needed to be saved. You cannot stand before the judgment seat of Christ and say you thought you had more time. On that day of judgment, there will be no excuses My friend, I implore you, if you feel that fear this evening, if you feel the fear gripping your heart, turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one who can dispel all of our fears. He can give us peace with God. He can reconcile us back onto God. That word reconciliation, it it means to bring two parties together. Because if you're still in your sin, you're an enemy of God. If you're still in your sin, you're not trusting in Christ. Therefore, you're an enemy of God. But when Christ gives us his salvation, his perfect righteousness, he makes us a friend of God. He reconciles us back unto God. And this evening, I ask you, are you feeling that fear? Do you fear that day of judgment that will one day come? You will face in eternity a time that knows no end in the fire of hell if you're not trusting in Christ. And that is why it's so imperative that you do not put off salvation. You do not put off coming to Christ. Moses was one who had a close fellowship with the Lord. And it was said of him in Hebrews chapter 12 and the verse 21. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. This was a man who knew the Lord. A man who walked with the Lord. Who knew what it was to see the Lord physically. And it was said of Moses that he was exceedingly fearful and that he quaked. My friend in here this evening, are you afraid of facing that day of judgment? Are you afraid of what will happen that day? That is a natural thing to feel, that fear of judgment. I tell you, there is salvation in Christ. There is salvation in Christ and hope in Christ. We do not need to fear that day of judgment because we can be clothed in the garments of Christ's righteousness. 
That is why it's so vital that you do not just fear. Don't just feel that sense of fear and don't act upon it. Come, trust in the Lord. Turn to him. Turn from your sin and turn to the one who can save you from your sin. We have seen the sermon that he heard, the shock that he experienced. Lastly, let me tell you of the season that he called for. The season that he called for. It was those last words in verse 25. Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. I will call for thee. What sad words we hear see Felix said. What sad words here. Felix had the opportunity to listen to the Apostle Paul, arguably one of the greatest preachers since the Lord Jesus Christ. Yet he answers him with these words. These were words that condemned Felix to a lost eternity in hell. Now, whilst it is only speculation that we, do, that we know that Felix ended up in a lost eternity, we never read of another time when Felix came to the Lord. We never read of another time that he heard the gospel. We never read of that time when he trusted in Christ. And therefore, for Felix, that convenient season, it never came. It never came for him. He believed that there would be another opportunity. He believed that there would be a time when he would be more ready to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as his saviour. Yet we never read of that convenient season. And from what we can discern from scripture, Felix today is suffering in a lost eternity in hell because he never got another opportunity to ask the Lord to forgive him of his sin. And the scriptures have so many warnings against putting off salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. Genesis chapter 6 and the verse 3, a well-known verse. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man. My spirit shall not always strive with man. It may be that one day you no longer hear the Lord speaking to you, telling you that you need to be washed in the precious blood of Christ. This was the downfall of Felix. This was his procrastination, the thing that condemned him to a lost eternity in hell. He kept putting it off, calling for that more convenient season. Yet that season never came. Scripture describes our life as a vapor. In James chapter 4 verse 14, it says, Therefore what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, then vanisheth away. Our lives are over in the blink of an eye. It may not seem whenever you're younger, that your life will just pass you by like that. But you chat to anyone in here this evening, you chat to some of the older people, they will tell you, life flies past. It flies past, and before you know it, you're into older age. Yet there's hope. There's hope in Christ. We do not need to procrastinate. We do not need to put off the message of salvation. He has died to cleanse us from our sin, to purchase us an eternal home in heaven. But... We can know that full assurance if we only trust him. That we hymn that we sing, only trust him, only trust him, only trust him. When? Now. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. You must only repent of your sin and have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and he will wash away your sin. Do not procrastinate. Do not put it off to another time. The Puritan Christopher Nassie, he said, faith is our seal. And assurance of faith, it's God's seal. How can we have assurance of faith? Or how can we have assurance of eternal life? Well, we know that we can have assurance of life, eternal life, because it's not our work. It is not our work, it is Christ's work. Christ has finished the work for us. 
Are you in here this evening and you believe that you will have another time to come to Christ? The devil will snatch away that word from your heart if he can. If he's given the opportunity, if you leave this building this evening, and he's given the opportunity to steal that word from out underneath you, he will steal it away. C.H. Spurgeon, he said this, When Bonaparte put the Duke of Dehane to death, all of Paris felt so much horror at the event that the throne of the tyrant trembled under him. A counter-revolution was expected and most probably would have taken place had not Bonaparte ordered a new ballet to be brought out with the utmost splendour at the opera. The subject was pitched. It was still recollected in Paris as perhaps the grandest spectacle that they had ever seen and the grandest spectacle that had ever been exhibited in that place. The consequence of that murder of the Duke was totally forgotten about. Nothing could be remembered of the murder of the Duke. Yet, everything was spoke of this new ballet. Everyone came to talk about this new ballet. After this fashion, Satan takes men's thoughts off their sins. He drowns it in their din of their consciousness. Lest they should rise up and revolt against him. He gives them the lusts of the flesh. He gives them the, pride of van- the vanities of pride the cares of the world, the merriment of fools, and leads their thoughts away. Poor silly men are ready. They're ready for these misleading frailties and for the seal of them solemnities of death. And for them, death, hell, a lost eternity is forgotten all about. The the devil, if he can, he will snatch away this word from you this evening. If you keep procrastinating, if you push it off to another time to get saved, he will try and take away that word. I implore you this evening, do not procrastinate. Do not put off coming to faith in Christ as Felix did. As we have said, we never find of a more convenient season that Felix found. We never find of that time when he called for the apostle again to hear him concerning faith in Christ. For us, All we can discern from scripture is that now Felix is in a lost eternity in hell. Suffering. Because he procrastinated. He put it off. He called for that more convenient season. And that season never came. I ask you this evening. Will you keep on procrastinating? Will you put it off? Do not put off coming to Christ as Felix did. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2. We've already quoted it this evening. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Do not do as Felix did and procrastinate. Trust in Christ alone tonight. Trust in him for salvation. He will clothe you in that perfect righteousness. He will free you from an eternity in hell. Do not procrastinate. Heed the warning of Felix. Do not put off faith in Christ, but come to him. Come to him tonight.